Looking at our world from a theological perspective, this is the Theology Central Podcast, making Theology Central. Good afternoon, everyone. It is Thursday, January the 4th, 2024. It is currently 2.42 p.m. Central Time, and I am coming to you live from the Theology Central studio located right here in Abilene, Texas. Now, a big story in 2022, a big story in 2023, and I'm guessing will continue to be a big story in 2024, is book banning. These groups, these organizations who want to go in and say, we want that book removed from the library. We want that book removed. We want this. We want this. They want to ban books. You could talk about censorship, but they want to decide what your kids can read. They want to decide what's best for your children. They want to decide what your children should be allowed to read and what is acceptable for your child and what isn't acceptable. Now, of course, they could could decide. I mean, most children are not driving themselves to the public library, right? So you would think that they could keep what they want their children from seeing And then you could decide what your children get to see. But this is just a never-ending dispute. Well, I say never-ending. I felt like it was maybe in the 80s. I thought it was a big thing. It was, was you know, in the 80s, everybody, Christians were running around trying to ban and censor everything. They wanted MTV removed from cable systems and they wanted warning labels put on records. Okay, all right. So I I lived through the 80s. Then in the 90s, there was some talk, but I felt like there was kind of like, Maybe we kind of pulled back from that. And then now we get close. I don't know what years it started. I think it was after 2010. It felt like it was when we started getting into 2014, 15, 16. It felt like Christians came roaring back to the culture wars with a vengeance. And many Christian groups are out there. No, we want these books removed. No, we don't want this and we don't want that. But again, it's always trying to tell everyone else what they can and cannot see because they want to protect the children. And I've always found the Christian perspective somewhat a little ironic, confusing. I don't know the exact words. And let me explain. If you've ever opened up a Bible and read the Bible, you know you find some some really disturbing stories in the Bible. Some content that you may want to be like, I don't know if I'm going to read that to my child as they go to bed tonight, because they may want to be asking some very important questions that I don't necessarily want to try to answer right now, right? Uh, Stories about rape and incest and getting your father drunk so that you can sleep with him, uh, turning your daughters over to a city of men so they can do whatever they want. Um, I don't know, a a woman being raped by many men of the city and then her body chopped up into pieces. There's some very disturbing stories in the Bible. There's no way to get around it. And then, of course, this whole thing about, I don't know, there's this place called hell where you will burn forever. Those are some things that I don't know how a child's mind is supposed to always process all of that. So in one hand, we look around going, that book, that book needs to be banned. That book needs to be banned. But then at the same time, we're like, but the Bible, it needs to be everywhere. We want it in the classroom. We want it in the public library. We want it everywhere. Now, I understand because we believe the Bible is the inherent inspired word of God. We think it should be everywhere. But someone else may see the Bible as being just as offensive and just as psychologically scarring and as age inappropriate or as the books that you are pointing out. So I've always found the whole book banning thing somewhat 
just, I don't know, just ridiculous in some ways. Look, if you don't want your child to read it, then, then, then take control of what they're reading. Don't drop them off at the public library. When they check out books at the library, just say, hey, uh, can I see those really quick? And you go through them and you make a determination. Just be involved. But don't tell me what my kids can read. And I won't tell you what your kids can read. It's a pretty, it's a pretty normal idea. Now I can understand. Look, you can have concerns. You can have concerns that, wait, that book is in this section. You may say, well, I don't know if it belongs in this section. You may say, maybe we should put it in this section, or maybe we should put it in this section, right? Maybe, maybe you could say, hey, these books cannot be checked out. Unless a parent or guardian approves of the book being checked out. You could do something along. The, maybe maybe there could be compromise. But it's just a lot of yelling and screaming. And sometimes I get tired of it all. Well, I haven't been thinking about it. It's a brand new year. It's January the 4th. And I'm, you know, moving on, on to other things. But I sometimes the greatest show prep for me is my email inbox. It used to be my greatest show prep was listening to Christian radio as I drove out to the church during uh, the COVID pandemic, because then I would have to hear craziness. And then I could just, all you have to do is listen to Christian radio. And by the time you get out of your car, you've got 45 programs to do because all you heard on Christian radio was craziness, which is really, 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 really sad. But that's the way it works sometimes. But today I received an email. Let me go find it here really quick. And I think... You may not see it, but I see that this is just kind of ironic since it's Christian groups constantly talking about banning things. This came to me, and the headline here is, The Ark Encounter and Creation Museum, a free grace review. The Ark Encounter and Creation Museum, a free grace review. Now, they criticize the Ark Encounter and Creation Museum because, as they put it, they promote lordship salvation. Now, that's a whole different conversation you could have if you've been to either either exhibits, been to either places, you can tell me what you think, all right? Have you been to the Creation Museum? Have you been to the Ark Encounter? If you haven't, you should go. You should just go and see what it's all about. You can draw your own conclusions because there's there's been people who love them. There's people who hate them. There's probably some people who want them silenced. And again, I don't like banning or silencing anybody. I want everyone to have freedom. So I didn't give it much thought, right? I'm like, okay, Maybe, maybe I'll look at it. Can I just, I just kind of scrolled through it and I thought, oh, are they going to talk about lordship? They mentioned lordship. I'm like, okay, that makes sense since it's a free grace review. I'm like, okay. And then I was just kind of not really paying attention. And then I'm like, wait, what? And then I'm like, that's kind of ironic when it comes to the fact that it's Christian groups who are like, that's not age appropriate. That's not age appropriate. So here we go. I'm going to read this to you. I'm going to pick up my iPad. I'm going to read the whole thing. All right. It says, should you consider going to the Ark Encounter? A few years ago, I had the opportunity to go to the Ark Encounter in the Creation Museum in Williamstown, Kentucky. I believe that's the name of it. Yeah, Williamstown, Kentucky. Both attractions are associated with Ken Ham's ministry, Answers in Genesis, and have become well-known family activities for Christians around the world. Please note, family activities. The Ark Encounter is a replica of Noah's Ark built to reflect the exact dimensions listed in the scriptures. The Creation Museum explores the creation account as well as other key events in the book of Genesis with exhibits uh, and more. 
A few friends of mine recently went to both attractions and shared their thoughts about their time there. Combining my own experience with their observations, this will, review will be both from a uh, both from a free grace perspective. Okay, now before we go there, just a couple of things. Now you got to kind of think about this, right? Now maybe maybe you don't see it this way, but I see it this. Way. I've always said the story of the Ark of Noah's Ark is somewhat a disturbing story. All right. We can look at it from a positive. Hey, these eight people got on board and they were saved. Isn't it amazing? God preserved humanity through these eight people. Oh, and he, and he saved two of, 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 you know, of different kinds of animals in this wonderful. It's great. It's an amazing story. But I've always said, well, what about if we turn the camera around from, you know, Mr. and Mrs. Noah with the smiling giraffe looking out the window and the rainbow over the ark? What if we turn the camera around to the water where I don't know? It's filled with the bodies of who knows every other human being that were on earth, man, woman, child, and all the other animals, they're just dead. That's a somewhat disturbing story. Now, I know you can, you can tell it to a kid in a positive way, I guess. You could sell it. Hey, all the other people died. Hey, but, but, but it's a good story. Now, is that an age appropriate story? Hey, kids, let's, let's take a visit to the ark encounter. See that huge ark? That's what God used to save mankind. Now, everyone else who didn't get in the boat, they all drowned. But hey, it's a good story. It's a good story. Now, you say, well, it's true. I understand that. But someone who doesn't believe it's true may look at that story and go, that's a disturbing thing you're telling your kids. That's a messed up story. Your God basically committed genocide over the entire earth other than eight people. And you say, well, that's a not a great way to put it. I understand it. What I'm trying to say when it comes to book banning, that not that always the issue? Someone's like, I see the story as beautiful. I see the story as a powerful affirmation of whatever. And you're like, I see it as a disgusting, vile promotion of sin. Well, I see your Bible as a vile promotion of an evil God. Well, I, and, and everyone has their perspective. But I just find it interesting, just, just starting right there, that, hey, you know, let's, let's go to this. Now, here's what they say. First, let's look at the positive things. The overall message of both attractions is that the Bible should be understood literally and that the word of God is inerrant. This is the most uh, commendable aspect of both attractions, as well as the answers uh, in Genesis ministry. The creation of the world, Adam and Eve, the fall, etc., are all presented as literal accounts of real people and places. Unlike popular trends uh, in the church today, which strive to depict Genesis as a mere poem or philosophical exercise, Answers in Genesis does an excellent job of handling the scriptures at face value with reverence. Rather than trying to find ways to refute the scriptures, the ministry seeks to find answers within the biblical text and to support them with science. One friend commented, they give excellent answers to the typical objections. If you have questions about the creation account and are dealing with common attacks uh, from the unbelievers, uh, from the unbelieving world, answers in Genesis will likely have a clear response to their objections. For young people and children, this can be especially helpful when dealing with basic apologetics. One friend remarked, I love that they take the Bible literally and that they elevate the name of God. All the near, nerdy science stuff is great, but this was my favorite part. God is above all and is mighty was the reoccurring message. There are, however, some areas of concern. Oh, okay. Here's some areas of concern. 
Some of these, some are minor, but one is major. The first minor issue is one of convenience. The two attractions are a 45-minute drive from one another. If you plan to go with small children or somebody who is in a wheelchair or is wheelchair bound or handicapped, it's likely going to require more than one day to visit both sites. If you have time for only one attraction, I would recommend uh, the Ark Encounter over the museum. Another issue. Okay, this is why I'm doing this broadcast. Another issue for some is that while both attractions are marketed for families, the content in some areas is too graphic for younger children. (laughs) Stop right there. So the Ark Encounter, the Creation Museum, which gives you the biblical story, has content that is too graphic for young children. Well, it is Christian groups, not at all, not always, not always Christian groups, but there are many Christian groups who then go tell everyone else that their content is too graphic and therefore it should be removed from libraries. If we use that logic, it sounds like the Bible itself could be removed because even at the Creation Museum, there is a concern because the content can be too graphic for children. Well, so then I... How can we look over there and say, that's too graphic, remove it. At the same time, we're holding a book that even, even this review of the, from a Christian website is saying, well, I, some of that stuff in the museum is too graphic for children. They're going to offer some examples. Are you ready? Here we go. One mom commented, as a parent, I had an issue with some of the content displayed. There was a real, there were very realistic pictures of things like David holding the bloody severed head of Goliath. There was an exhibit about the miracle of birth and it got pretty graphic about abortion. We had to quickly walk through so the kids didn't catch on to what was going on. Hey kids, hey kids, I know some of this stuff is in the Bible, but we got to move on. We got, we don't want you to see it. We don't want you to see it. Move on, move on, move on. Now again, that's, that's okay. I got no problem with that. When I remember when we were in the book of Judges, I had to, I had, a, I, I saved a certain message for a Sunday night. I'm like, hey, we're going to have a special Sunday school class for the kids because we're about to deal with, I don't know, rape and a person's body being cut up into pieces. I don't know if we want to do that. But see, I had to do that even in my preaching, which tells you the Bible has content that someone could argue is not acceptable or approvable for children of all ages. Therefore, the Bible should be removed from, I guess, where? Everywhere where there could be children who could access it? Should should it be a place that a Bible can only be played, <laughs> that a Bible cannot be given to a child without parental approval? I mean, like, what? that's what I'm saying. By the standard that we sometimes use to, and I know what we're going to say, but, but, but that stuff is sinful and the Bible is... That's because of your perspective. If we're just going to use an argument about what is age appropriate, some could clearly make an argument that the Bible is not age appropriate. And I just found it interesting that in the Ark encounter, they're like, hey, some of it's too graphic. And we had to just hurry through so the kids didn't catch on what was going on. They go on to say, I also remember there being exhibits depicting child sacrifices. While overall, both exhibits are family friendly, parents of younger children or parents who simply want to bypass those areas may want to plan ahead and ask employees, which exhibits should they skip? 
and we're going to go to a museum about the Bible, but we need to skip some of it because, hey, it's inappropriate. That's fine. I got no problem with that. Listen to what I'm trying to say. That's the very kind of argument that it's inappropriate for children that we use to ban books. Well, if the content in our Bible cannot be put in a museum because then it becomes inappropriate for children, then the book from which that material comes from is inappropriate for children. Therefore, maybe we shouldn't teach the Bible to kids in Sunday school. Maybe we should pass a law banning the Bible being taught to kids until they're, what, 12, 13, 14, 15, 18? Maybe we shouldn't allow any kids to have access to the Bible in any way, shape, or form because it's just inappropriate for them. It's not age appropriate. Now, I just, I just had to share this because I I just saw the email a little while ago and I'm like, that's just so, (laughs) it's so ironic to me. Now, I don't know what you think about it, but here's, I'm just going to, and again, I just wanted to turn on the microphone and share this because it's just, it has to be talked about. But here's my perspective. And I know my perspective gets me in trouble. First, the freedoms we want are the freedoms we must give. You want the freedom of religion. You want the freedom of expression. You've got to allow people of other faiths and of other perspectives to have said freedom. If you want to be able to do something with Christianity in the public, right? Uh, Maybe a tent revival, street preaching, I don't know, some kind of... You're doing something that's very open to promote Christianity and call people to faith in Christ. Then don't get mad when the LGBT group wants to do something very open to promote the LGBT LGBTQ agenda. If they want a pride event, you can't be yelling and screaming at them when you want to be able to have your open events. If you want to have your advertisements for your church plastered all over the city, don't get mad if an atheist group wants to place advertisements all over the city that says Jesus never existed or Jesus was a fraud or don't believe in, the you know, get rid of the idea of God because it's mind control or whatever they want to say. You've got to support that. If you want a nativity scene and a public space, don't get mad when the satanic temple wants a display in the public place. If you want your Christian books everywhere, you want them promoted everywhere, you want the Bible everywhere, well then don't go around and then you've got to allow other people to have their books everywhere. The freedom you want is the freedom you must give. Now, the minute you start taking away someone else's freedom, then you must be willing to sacrifice your own. If I restrict your freedom, you're ultimately restricting your own. If you want prayer in the public school, then all faiths can have prayer in the public school. If you want the Bible taught in the public school, then the satanic Bible can be taught in the public school. Freedoms given are freedoms given to all. Freedoms demanded are freedoms that must be given. Freedoms restricted are freedoms you lose. It's a very simple concept. You want to ban books? Well, first you have to establish the standard. And if the standard is that which is age appropriate, who gets to define which is age appropriate? Do you get to define what is age appropriate for my child or do I get to define what is age appropriate for mine? Who gets to decide that? But even if you try to say age, this kind of content is not acceptable. 
something of a sexual nature, something that is violent. Well, okay, well, I'm going to just go to the Bible and I'm going to be, it's not going to be very long. I'm going to be like, I don't know. Offering your your daughters to all the men of the city to do whatever they want with, I don't know. And then you get drunk and have sex with your own daughters. I don't know. That sounds like sexually explicit. Violent? I think the Bible qualifies. See, it's, it's, it's easy to take the moral high ground and then run to silence and condemn everyone else. Sometimes you got to go, wait, what are we doing? So let me state the principle. The freedom you want is the freedom you give. The freedom you restrict is the freedom you lose. It's that simple. I want people to have that freedom. And I want the ability to have the same. So I defend others' freedom. It's just found it interesting that it's a Christian website reviewing a Christian, you know, museum, a Christian place, and they're like, well, this, some of this is too explicit for children. Okay, well then, why is it too explicit for children? Because that Christian site was taking things from the Bible and trying to show it in, a, in, a, in an outward way. They're trying to offer some kind of display of what's in the Bible. And immediately when you see it, you're like, oh, don't know about that. I don't want my kids to see that. Okay, well, there you go. Uh, okay, someone just said, I took a, I took a seven-year-old through the Ark and the, uh, and the museum. Granted, it was several years ago, but I wasn't alarmed at anything. Never felt I had to hide anything from him. Now, I think what's interesting here is see different perspectives. They didn't feel like they had to hide anything. Another parent did. And is that not that the, does that not just summarize the entire problem? See, while, while one person says this book is inappropriate, the other person's going to be like, well, I don't see the problem. When one person's like, hey, be careful if you take children to these museums because some of it's too explicit for children. Someone else is like, I didn't see the problem. That's, that's the never ending issue. And I don't know why we can't understand that. Different perspectives. Why do we think that my perspective must be enforced on someone else? Now, there's been plenty of these school board meetings where people yell and scream and act the fool. Um, and, of course, don't show any. It's just insane how they, they act. But there's been a number of occasions where people mention these subjects Hey, a book that contains this, this, and this, and this, and this. Should it be banned? And many of the parents will be like, yeah, get that out of the library. And then, and then the, you know, the smart aleck who's reading the list will say, oh, this is all found in the Bible. Nobody, no, that's different. How dare you trick us? And it's like, well, you're a fool. You didn't catch on what was going on. It was obvious. Obviously, you don't even, you know more what's going, you know less about what's in your own Bible than you do these other books. Because whenever someone does that in a school board meeting or any of these meetings, it's obvious that people are being set up and they're like, yeah, yeah, get rid of it. How dare that? I can't believe that's in the school library. It's like it's in a Bible. That's where it's in. Oh, okay. Never mind. We're all good with it. You're you're all good with it. Can you imagine if the Bible was illustrated? (laughs) That, that, that That would be a problematic publication, would it not? I mean, come on, like, like you have to think these things through. So I, I just, I found it interesting. You may not, but I just found it ironic that, hey, Christian website talking about a Christian place. 
the Christian place has taken the Bible and tried to bring it to life in some kind of display, some kind of exhibit, and then immediate people, oh, this is too explicit for children. You think? So therefore, by that same argument, if you want those books removed for being too explicit, then the Bible would be right there with the rest. And I would hope we would really give that some serious thought before we make said argument. Sometimes an argument made against one thing serves as a double-edged sword and it argues against yourself. It's something to consider as we go into 2024. I will always do my best to defend people's freedoms and rights. And the reason I will, I'm not defending sin. I'm not defending that which I disagree with. I'm defending someone's freedom to read or have access to that which I disagree with because I want the freedom myself. I want, my, I want the freedom to read whatever I want, to study whatever I want. I want the freedom to turn on this microphone and speak. I want this freedom to be able to criticize and critique and analyze. I want that freedom. And if I want that freedom, I've got to defend your freedom. That's the, we, whether we like it or not, we live in a pluralistic society. We live in a society of many different group people from many different backgrounds, many different races, many different philosophies, many different religions, many different perspectives. And that's the beautiful thing of freedom. Freedom gives everyone the freedom to choose what they want. It doesn't mean every choice is right or every choice is best. It just means one has said freedom. And the argument you may use to protect children could be the very same argument someone could use to say we need to protect children from, oh yeah, Christianity. When we yell and scream about, hey, they're grooming children and, and they're, they're sexual predators. You better look at all the numbers of how many children have been sexually abused and molested inside the church. And then you may go, oh, wait a minute. They could look at us and say, we're the groomers. Okay. All right. We got to be careful here. You, gotta, you always got to think your arguments through and just be some form of logical consistency. That book cannot be in the library because it contains this kind of content. Open Bible. Oh, it gets close to that kind of content. Maybe not in just, maybe, maybe in somewhat of a different way, but it, the, the ideas, the principles are there. So now are we going to just argue over how one is presented? So there you have it. The Creation Museum and the Ark Encounter. According to some, or at least the review I just read, contains some material that's too explicit for children. And it's too explicit because it's, it's showing biblical concepts and being brought to life in an exhibit. Well, that means then the Bible itself is too explicit for children. And inherently... We, I think we would. We have to admit that, right? 
But at the same time, we would only apply a standard of banning books to other books that we would not apply to the very Bible. But yet deep down, I think we know we're not going to, if you're a Sunday school teacher for children, you're not going in and teaching some of these things. You know that, right? So if you know that there's things you cannot teach children from the Bible, then that means you yourself know that there's some things that's not age appropriate for them. So by that logic, you would argue for the Bible then to be kept away from children. See, like it's such a it's a slippery slope when you start thinking that way. And I know slip, a slippery slope argument is not a, a, is a logical fallacy. So I don't want to make that. I'm just saying it it opens the door for the same type of argumentation to go back the other way. Maybe that's a better way of saying it. Slippery slope is a logical fallacy. But all right, there you have it. Sorry to interrupt your day, but when I have a microphone in the house and my email inbox throws something out, yeah, actually, actually, it's one of the reasons I love having a podcast, to be fair. It's like whenever I have something to say, I can just turn on the microphone and talk about it. I can't be the only one who has some of these thoughts. I know many of you are going to strongly disagree, but just as you're putting forth your argument to disagree, just look for logical fallacies, possibly in said argument. All right. I remember people got very mad at me because when the Grammys happened, how many years ago, Sam Smith, Kim Petras, Unholy, right? And people were like, that's it. The Grammys should be banned from television. They should never be allowed. And then he was like, oh, my goodness. Come on. What? Like, why would we want to ban in silence? Don't watch it. It's the Grammys. What were you expecting? It's the song called Unholy. What were you? It's Sam Smith and Kim Petras. What were you expecting? It's like, I don't understand. But but we want to ban in silence. And, I, and Christian radio is always, we're going to, we need Netflix to, to get rid of it. And it's because you want to control everything on Netflix. You want to control what everyone else sees. And I, I don't understand that controlling mindset of many Christians. You can say, not not in my house. You can do that. I'm not watching it. You can do that. And other people can go, and I'm not turning on, you know, charismatic tele Christian television. Because if you ask me what's more offensive, charismatic Christian television is more offensive than pretty much anything I could else encounter anywhere else. All right. There we go. Let's pray. Okay. <laughs> no, seriously, though. Um it's 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 a frustrating situation because I just see that no one really thinks some of these perspectives through. But it's something for you to think about. And there you go. If you've been to the museum, did you find something too explicit? Now you're gonna you may say no, which will just then show you how not even within the Christian world is there agreement on what's offensive or not offensive. There's not even agreement within the Christian world. How are we supposed to make this work in a pluralistic society when nobody can agree? I think that's where you cannot allow a loud minority to control what the majority can and cannot see. Just like I wouldn't want the loud minority to control what the silent minority can see. Like, I, I don't want anyone control. I want, I want that freedom. And I think that that's a good thing. I think it's a good thing. All right. You can email me newsif at yahoo.com. Newsif at yahoo.com. Thanks for listening to this very impromptu look at my email inbox. Everyone have a great day. And hey, 
Use that freedom and read what you want today. God bless.